What's up everybody? This week we look at Donkey Kong Country, a classic game in the platform genre. That and a whole lot more is to come, because maybe, you kids today, you don't have any respect for your elders. We used to be lucky if we got three shades of grey, let alone any real colours. We never had any of this fancy 3D stuff. You know, what people don't realize is that I just carried on talking and talking and talking in that bit, but you know, hey, what's the problem? No problem at all. Hey guys, how you doing? It's uh, good to be back here on Saturday, back at our usual time, thank God. And I'm recording in the middle of the afternoon this time because I'm not recording at 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, last time was a nightmare, last time was a complete another nightmare, and kudos to Sarah for getting through it, especially with our prior titties. Um, but I'm joined in uh, studio number two by the one and only Greg Gregory. Greg, how are you, man? Hey, good. Good to be back. He is the, uh, I guess he is the uh, Donkey Kong to my Cranky Kong, as it is these days. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we've got a good show for you coming up. We're going to talk about uh, Donkey Kong here in a minute. We've got a result of a poll question that we asked. And guys, you know, if you guys are on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, look at Because Maybe Pod. Look up our blog, Because Maybe Podcast at WordPress.com. And go on YouTube and search Because Maybe Podcast. So, how have you been, man? It's been a while since uh, since we've heard from you. Oh, good. Uh, it's been uh, on the road a lot. Um, Sweet. Working. Um, working on the working on the house. Um, building the studio at home right now. So I've seen pictures. The studio looks tight as well. It's it's slow, slowly but surely. I, I pretty much got everything in place, but soundproofing and a new CPU, and those are both on the list to, to do next. But I got to paint, um, tear out carpet. I just bought a desk, rebuilt that. Um, added uh, a subwoofer and uh, some nice um, reference monitors. And they sound brilliant too as well. Yeah, um, the little, um, the PreSonus, yeah. Aris 3.5, yeah, yeah, uh, 100 bucks, man. Yeah, not, not bad at all, I've got them on, on my list when I build uh, my studio. Um, but yeah, um, for all for all the amateur professional musicians out there who want to uh, soundproof their room, right? I was talking to Sarah about soundproofing because I might be, um, you know, I might be doing a lot of work from home, and just help with this this as well. Same, yeah. Um, I can't put the panels on the wall because I'm not used, allowed to use spray adhesive on a wooden wall, and so the solution, you get a poster board from like Dollar Tree, Dollar General, something like that. That's at least a foot wide and a foot tall, you know, and you glue the ball, the, the panel onto that, and then you the, you pin it to the wall. Yeah, I mean, so you don't destroy anything. It's definitely, definitely, probably not the most professional looking thing you'll see, but is for you know, in a pinch, yeah. like form over a uh, function over form, you know. You can just tell that somebody spent a lot of time on Pinterest lately, you know. <laughs> hey, that's 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 smart though. Uh, it is. It is. I mean, well, I say it is. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it works. It might not work. It might, like, you know, it might dampen it in one area, then reflect it in the other. I don't know. The only thing I could think of is that maybe over time, the weight of the board would kind of crumple under yeah. the weight of the... And we're only talking about a couple of ounces, but I mean, over time... Over time, you know. But, an an you ounce know. adds up. Trust me, I've had many, many new ounces over the last couple of years, and they've added up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to ask you a question, dude. Um, right. The kids at the house, they're not driving me crazy with anything other than they are begging me to play that Fortnite game or play Call of Duty against them. Okay. Give me a reason why I should play video games, shoot them video games with teenagers. Um, I mean... Aside from going to cream them, right? And they'll go home crying. Uh, right. Well, I mean, with with kids, man, I mean, it's always tough 
trying to connect to them and spend time with them. Yeah. So anytime you can find a way to and play I, to their interests and do something engaging with them that helps you bond, I'm all for it. Yeah, and, and, I, and the Call of Duty thing, you know, not a problem. I just put it in, lose a couple of times, win a couple of times, call it good. It's that Fortnite thing, man. I've got no interest in knowing how many men my mother has slept with in the last three weeks. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's any online gaming these days, man. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've played some Call of Duty, but I've never played Fortnite. I'm still stuck in Skyrim yep, right now. Here. And, uh, well, I got the SNES Classic, too, so I've been playing that a lot. What about the PlayStation Classic? You don't, yeah, I saw that. It's coming out. Tekken 3. Yeah, Tekken 3 was was a huge game for me. Oh, yeah, also, uh, I'm going to be in a Tekken tournament this weekend. Really? Yes. Sweet. Yeah, first prize is $100 and a PS4 Pro. Nice. What's this at? It's uh, at the Q Tavern in Bossier City, Louisiana. Oh, okay. Sweet. We played there a couple weeks ago. Uh, nice, real nice place. Um, you know, trying to add the gaming element to the community, giving the yeah. gamers a place to... I mean, they have, they have like, a PS4, Wii, CPU set up there. You can bring your own. They've got peripherals, monitors, all that. So. Kind of better than the slot machines that they used to have. Nobody's losing any money. Yeah. Well, well then again, you know, it's like, I, I bet you five bucks I can beat you at Madden. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I do always play the Madden tournaments in town. But, yeah, I mean, man, these days, I mean, playing Fortnite with your kid or your kids or whoever is no different than 20 years ago saying going out and back and throwing the ball around i mean you're just bonding it's just an, yeah. an, an updated way i've never i never understood that you know just taking taking a ball and throwing it back and forth and considering it fun yeah we used to play like you know we used to play uh competitively can you catch it oh, you can't catch it look at you know like, yeah uh, we yeah we had uh, kids today they don't understand uh, when I was a kid, we used to make up our own games. Yes. Um, and one of them, our favorite thing to do, and this was back when I lived in Tucson, um, me and my buddy uh, Fabian and my buddy Mike and a few others, we invented this game, which was basically, it was like hide and seek and dodgeball put together. Oh. It was awesome. It, it was called Peg It. That's what yeah. we called it. So basically, you would have like an area, like a arena that we would designate. And in most cases, it was this little cul-de-sac that was right down the block from us. Fabian and I lived across the street from each other. And then my buddy Mike lived, you know, maybe two-minute bike ride down the road. So we would all meet up at my house, walk down the cul-de-sac, and we had, like, a little mini Nerf football. So the collateral damage was a minimum at best. But but same rules as hide-and-seek. The the seeker turns around. He's got football in his hand. He counts to 30 or whatever we did. Other people hide, but they can only stay in the arena. So they got elements of Marco Polo in there too yeah. i guess but anyway as you could probably imagine by combining the two you had to go seek out people but instead of like finding them like haha i found you you had to peg them with this football <laughs> and then once that football bounced off you're like boom and it bounced off of them you knew that okay they, they had won and now that person was the seeker oh dude we killed so many hours playing that game so many hours the worst game i played with my buddies that involved something similar to that um you in basketball you call it horse yeah right we played a similar game we called it arse right a-r-s-e and what it was is you'd have one goalkeeper because it was a soccer game you'd have one goalkeeper and the rest of you would be in the penalty area and they they kicked the ball into the penalty area and the object was to score a goal. But if you miskick the ball or you didn't score, you got a letter named, you know, A-R-S-E. Yeah. And then whoever was the arse had to stand up against the wall 
uh, like you, you know you see it on cops the dudes spread spread up against the wall and they would just take turns in kicking that ball up against you as hard as they could oh that's that's part of the reason I became the goalkeeper because yeah. like you know I didn't have to be involved in that but yeah that was kids are cruel man but kids are awesome you know? we, we have we have a version of that that we played in America called wall ball wall ball I don't know if you're familiar with that but it's it's really similar to um, racquetball Okay. Except that when you fault or you give the other person a point, that's when you assume the position oh. and then it's one shot. And it's that plastic ball too. Yeah, that? it's that oh. little that little uh, blue racquetball that that mm. like 400 miles an hour out of the, you know, the just getting getting pegged on the cheek with one of those, man. Oh, and the and one of the guys that regularly pegged me with that ball during the uh, wall ball is now a professional pitcher for the Minnesota Twins. Interesting. It's yes. a small world after all. So his really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, look, we're going to jump into Donkyong real quick. But I tell you what, if you guys have like this, any weird games that you played as a kid, uh, send them in, send them into the Facebook page. I'd love to read a few of them out, uh, especially with the weird rules. You P- know? PC platform or PC or console or anything. No, no, just like you know, just like the ball games and you know the, the street oh, rules. The, uh, <laughs> the street rules of hide and seek, you know, and 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 stuff like that. Just the weird games that you guys did on your block on your street in your park whatever that because like yeah I'm going down memory lane right now we ain't even started so that's uh, bonus points for hybrid uh, hybrid uh, activities like uh, peg it yes bonus points for that yes so we'll be right back in just a second we're going to talk about uh, Nintendo's second greatest creation and we'll be right back in just a moment As I mentioned, this week we're looking at Donkey Kong Country, uh, one of Nintendo's most underrated uh, classics, I guess you can say. Um, not that it's not that it, people don't like it, but I mean, it's just compared to other games of a genre, people... It was outshined by some other huge games and characters, mainly Mario, um, the Mario Kart franchise, oh, yeah. Tetris, because right there, with Super Mario World, Tetris... And Mario Kart, you're talking about like three of the best selling games of all time. So that's a big, that's a big shadow to cast. You know, throw Street Fighter on top of it, and you know, yeah, it's it's thing. But I mean, this game is, I think it's fantastic. It's it's um, got an average critical rated. Now looking at all the uh, critical responses that I could find, uh, basically got it eight point seven out of ten. So basically an A or an A minus game. Fair to say. Yeah, that, that well on the Louisiana school uh, school scale that would <laughs> that would be a B like a, a low B, but you know, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, it, it had a different feel, like it was a it was a scrolling you know side by side game, very similar to like Mario and some other stuff that we'd seen already done, but it had a lot more personality to it, and you had the creation of new characters. 
they were using a updated uh, engine. Yes. As well, and you could definitely tell um, as compared to like say Mario, Mario Two, or whatever. I think it it was the first. It, it always happens with with the, with the generation of games is like the first the first generation is just better than the previous generation and then you've got the games that come in towards the end of the generation that show you just what they could have done the full actualization yeah. of it because yeah. I mean the, the, the Donkey, Donkey Kong Country had the best graphics for, Ninten- for a Super Nintendo game at that time Oh, without yeah. question, hands down, yeah. It was um, like two two point five D rendered, you know. Either that or um, the uh, original Street Fighter for Super NES. That yeah. that was pretty pretty cutting edge at the time, especially when they released the Turbo versions. Oh yes, with the accelerated uh, hardware and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, it it I mean, this game actually started out, believe it or not, as a boxing game. Hmm. Now, what happened was is that Rare, who was the uh, developer of the game. Not Nintendo, and we'll come to that here in just a second. But uh, Rare was working on a boxing game because they'd uh, got new technology from Silicon Graphics, SGI. right? And that's now part of a Hewlett Packard, I think. Um, it was a brand new £80,000, so that'd be, at the time, about $120,000 computer. For a video game developer in the early 90s, eighty grand was a, was a lot of money. Yeah. And they went to this um, convention... And the Nintendo bigwig saw how good this, ba- this 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 game was going, and they offered to you know they offered to buy the company, and so what Nintendo did was it purchased half of the company, of Rare, and which Rare was shocked at that if Nintendo was going to buy them why didn't they just buy the whole company instead of you know half of it? But they became what was known as a second party developer, right? like and, in conjunction with Nintendo. Yeah, it's basi- basically for those who who who. who might want to know what that is. It means that it was kind of a double-edged kind of agreement. Does that mean that uh, Rare was um, the Epiphone to Nintendo's Gibson? Yes, pretty much. Okay. They could only make games for Nintendo, but they could ask Nintendo. But they could either ask Nintendo if they could make a game or Present wait for one. Nintendo to commission one for them. Okay. And then if they broke, if the agreement was ended, they could walk away with no with the non-compete. Out, you know, wiped out or anything like that and in the end Ray went back to uh, Microsoft which led to a wonderful uh, lawsuit between Microsoft and Nintendo but um, yeah they just th- th- this new software that was coming out was showing a way that you could make 3D graphics in a 2D system hmm. and it got um, Donkey Kong uh, Killer Instinct and it was kind of the after the, okay if Star Fox with its extra um extra chips in there was the first generation This the, the, the technology that Ray used was the second generation I guess sure. the better, better way you can see it yeah. just better programming as opposed to better you know as to hardware use the hardware that you've got to make what you got um, so after that Nintendo and Ray kind of got in together got into bed together and they, they developed the game um, there was creative differences but not like you know screaming matches it was more artistic differences. The vision. They, yeah, and yeah. they were they were corrected very, very quickly. You know, everybody came to an agreement. So, you know, um, for example, they didn't... Uh, Nintendo didn't want them to rebuild Diddy Kong because they wanted right. to market him something separate, so they created a whole new character called Diddy Kong and renamed the, the Diddy Kong at the time Donkey Kong Jr. Yeah, that's super confusing because, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know, Diddy Kong sounds like a cousin or something. Yeah. And apparently brother. now he's just his friend. 
Oh. So I didn't know that either until I started researching. I thought it was his son or his brother. We're just friends, mom and dad, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the other thing Nintendo had a problem was with the difficulty of the game. Because that's one thing Nintendo was weary about, because Mario 3 was a difficult game. And every game that they made since then, they wanted to make it difficult, but not... But, like, playable. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, there's... Like, Legendary on Skyrim is not playable. It is with about uh, 40 hours of business before you step foot anywhere. Even then, I'm still getting creamed. Uh, (laughs) The secret is, uh, come out of Helgen... (laughs) Follow Rail off, come out of Helgen, pick up as many stuff as you can, and go to Anissa's cabin and make some freaking potions. <laughs> Do that immediately. And then pray that the hired thugs don't come and kill totally you. Totally off subject, but nonetheless. <laughs> right. Yeah, the hired thugs are no joke on... Dude, mud crabs are no joke on Legendary no, I've, I've died at the hands of mud crabs many a time. But that is a story for a different day, <laughs> as is. you would say. But um, no, I, the, 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 problem, the problem is with this game. I'll say the problem with this. You know, Rare came out with a really, really good game. I mean, they wanted to do a Donkey Kong game, and they had to get permission, which is where the second-party development came in. So this wasn't developed by Nintendo. And you can kind of tell, because it's not... It's edgy in a way that's family edgy. But it doesn't have, like, that signature Nintendo look. Or feel, no. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's... it. It does now, but at the time, it, it, it was definitely a, a departure, or not a departure, well, uh, an advancement, yes. a step up from... But that, I mean, at the time, technology was rapidly, rapidly growing, and it's still growing now, but not not, not like not, we not. were back, you know, 20 years ago it's or like, more. It's like we discovered something and then went buck wild with it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, you had um, uh, Miyamoto, the godfather of Nintendo. Uh, I wonder if he will be buried in a giant Super Nintendo casket that will turn yellow after a while. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, but I, I did hear that um, per his will, whenever he's buried, uh, ever so often they have to uh, exhume the cast, the, the casket, and <gasps> blow all the dust off of it and then put it back in. We're just joking. We love that dude. I think he's awesome. No, Miyamoto is the is the godfather but, of, video, of modern video games. But death is inevitable, so why not poke De- fun at it while you yes. can? You know? make, 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 yeah. We just got really existential or I did all of a sudden. Uh, okay. God. <laughs> but no, um, he, he only had one suggestion for this game, and that was the Donkey Kong attack where he leans on the floor and slaps the floor. So yeah. hand slapping thing, that was all him. He is said, that to me, like... Knock everybody down. Knock or? people down. Find hidden treasure. You know. I, I, you know, I've been playing that game for a long time, and I did not even know that was a move. Yep. You press down and red. It was on the British. Red? Well, yeah, you got to remember the British, the European um, SNES control pad. Okay. It was yellow, red, uh, green, and blue. With Ours the, were with the purple, 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 purple. Yeah. Like and first time I saw Super Nintendo for over here, I was like, oh, that's ugly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Super Nintendo Chalmers. Yeah. Um, it's like the Famicom, the first one I saw. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, But no, they, I mean, they, they did a good job. They convinced Nintendo to, to give them what they wanted to do. And, you know, that was... The only thing that, that they that they did <sighs> that they fought Nintendo on and they won was Donkey Kong's movements. Because a gorilla doesn't move like Donkey Kong does. At all. Like when he gallops... You know, yeah, it's yeah. So they based they basically based his entire sprint movements 
off um, horses. Yeah, it's, you know, you actually mentioned that to me in pre-production the other day. Yeah. And um, I went home and played a little bit of it. And yeah, man, I mean, that's straight up horse gallop. I mean, yeah, um, the, way, the way a horse moves, it's very... Graceful. Yeah, very. But if you watch, if you watch like a gorilla or any kind of primate move, it's very lumbering. It's like they don't realize that they can take a step. There's like, yeah, there's so much emphasis on the hands, yeah. and also too, you'll notice that like they don't really walk. They don't really walk in a straight line. They kind, of walk they kind of like if they have to go in a straight line, like say it, say I want to advance in a straight line. Well, instead of just walking forward like I would, they literally kind of turn to the right and then kind of. Yeah, sideways lumber. So yeah, it, that would have been pretty awkward and confusing. Even though it's awkward to make something that looks like a gorilla walk like a horse, but hey, you know, British engineer, new British engineer, what are you it, gonna do? It works. I mean, it, but um, and they made a great game. But yeah. Diddy Kong, Diddy Kong was more like rodent-like. I found. Yeah, yeah, I could. I he could didn't really put a lot of emphasis on his front half like uh, Donkey Kong did. He he was definitely. It was kind of mousy in a way. It was a hybrid between a mouse and a frog. Yeah, it was. I mean, and with a hat on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, we need to make him look like a kid. Hmm, what do we do? We need to make him look cool and hip. If he let's put a T-shirt and a backwards hat on him. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, if he if he rolled up with a skateboard, I wouldn't have been surprised. Chewing bubble gum. Yeah. You know, with the, the hello, fellow kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh goodness, like. Like you know, kids these days they, they wear baseball hats the correct way around. What, what is it? What's wrong with that? Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. Hey, Fred Durst ruined the backwards hat in oh. what nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, whatever it was. Yes, but he did it all for the nookie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, I could go a whole day about why I don't like um, Fred Durst mm. in his music. You know, I actually have talked to him a couple times. He's actually a really nice guy. And I've heard that. He's, I he, figured he'd he, be a cocky SOB, but he was actually, he was like, hey, man, what's up? How are you doing? He's, he's, I guess it's like the dudes from Nickelback and Coldplay and stuff like that. You know, the music is so, ugh. But they're, yeah, I've heard they're genuinely they're, nice guys. I saw uh, Limp Biscuit here in Shreveport hmm. with Incubus. Wow. Back in 1998 and Malibu Alley. Throwback for all you old folks like me out there. Anyway, long story <laughs> short, because we're off the Donkey Kong trail again. But after they got done with their set, Fred Durst literally put down his microphone and cr- climbed over the crowd barrier and walked to the crowd and shook hands and talked to every person there. Dang. I have never seen a musician of that stature do, that. do anything remotely close to that. So to me, that... You know, even though I find his music kind of pedantical, yeah. contrived, and annoying, he's he's a pretty cool guy. Pretty cool guy. So, let's go back to 1994. <laughs> 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 and uh, let's, let's talk about the game for a minute in, in the way it's set up. So, as with most platform games in the mid to early 90s, um, the early to mid 90s, I should say, if that's more grammat- grammatically correct, it's split up into different zones and different levels. So, there's seven zones and 40 levels and there are three special areas in that um there's the jungle the mines the valley the 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 obligatory ice zone you have to have an ice or a fire zone on every every platform you have to i I don't understand like why uh why donkey kong's going into a factory why would they have a factory on a jungle island just i've never understood i guess the sweatshops have to Make their products somewhere, right? <laughs> right. And then they're going to use gorilla labor to make our mufflers. 
I guarantee you there's some drunk CEO out there talking on something who's thought that in the past. Fascinating. We can train these chimps and we only have to pay them in bananas. <laughs> that's that's, the, that's where the jobs are, people. It's not robots, it's chimps. Um, <laughs> but the le- levels are split up into different kind of categories. See, in the Mario series, right, in the jungle area, there would be all jungle levels. Makes sense. In this game, however, the there is no uniformed level type. You know, there's underground, there's boss arena, there's caves, there's factories, there's forests, there's ice caves, and they're kind of just thrown about everywhere. You know, like yeah, it's just like in the first zone, you go jungle, jungle, underwater, jungle, forest, cave. Well, I I, I don't know. I thought that lended itself to the fact that you were on a journey. That's true. And see, with the original Mario, I didn't really feel that way because it no. felt like every level was kind of like a cut and paste, different time of night, different color building, yeah. different order. Because you had the same Goombas and Koopas and, uh, you know, so I, I think that was just them trying to like weave a little bit of narrative, if at all possible, into That's it true. to kind of give it a... F- well, see, this is this is so you just mentioned uh, night and day and weather and stuff like that. This was the first. I think this was the first game that um, the weather changed and the lighting changed in the middle of a level. I can't remember which ga- which level it was, but like Castlevania Two ah. was the first game to do that. They actually would stop the the game in the middle of whatever you were doing and and say. Uh, you know, the day ends and the night comes. What a horrible night to have a curse. And it types out, it's like, beep, 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 like one letter at a time. It takes like three minutes for it to oh. pass. Yeah, no, this that was one, the first time I'd seen that. The, anyway. the, in, in this game, it was very, very blended. You get to a certain point in the level, then suddenly the lights change and the, the rain comes down. Or the rain disappears and the lights come back up. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so th- that's what I mean. It was the first kind of game that did that live. For lack of a better term. Oh, okay. Um, also, another one, and I'm going to totally random here, but um, I, growing up, I had a pretty fairly religious household. Uh, I lived with my grandparents for a little while and um, loved video games, but they didn't approve of me playing like Castlevania and some of the other stuff, you know? Yeah. So I, they bought me this game called Bible Adventures, and it had three different games on it, and one of them was Noah's Ark. And there is actually a time where it is dark and you have to try to collect animals in the dark with a lantern. Like you're holding this yeah. lantern and you can see like two or three feet behind you. But then you'll you'll just be running to catch a bird and a jaguar will just pounce you. <laughs> and that lamp will just go to like the other side of the world. Like, yeah. Dang. I didn't but know I did not know such a game existed. Cause... It's it's actually a really good game. There's there's uh David and Goliath, Baby Moses, and um Noah's Ark. I think the David and Goliath one is probably the most fun, but it doesn't make sense because you spend like the first 30 minutes of the game collecting sheep. And you like stack them on your head. So you pick up one and you go pick another, bloop, and there's a sheep on top of a sheep. Bloop, and before you know it, there's like 10 sheep just swaying in the wind. <laughs> You're looking like Marge Simpson running around. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Man. Um, the special areas <clears throat> of the game, uh, there's a candy safe point, which does exactly what it says on the tin. Right. There's uh, Funky's Flights, which was the most useful, useless thing in the whole game. 
Yeah, I never found that really. You can very go, but you can go back to your level, and it will take you three seconds quicker to get there. Like three seconds is that it? Yeah. I know. God, what can you do in three seconds? You know. And then there was Cranky's cabin, and it kind of like you know, there's an episode of The Simpsons where uh, Grandpa Simpson talks about putting an onion on his belt and goes to and just rambles on for a good five minutes. That's kind of what this part is, but if you watch it carefully, if you can stomach listening to him complain, he does actually have tips and hints in that. Oh, okay. They just make you... They make it excruciating, so you have yeah. to actually kind of work for it. It's, it's, it's you know... It, it, underneath all underneath all the babbling and name chatter, they could discern Shire and Baggins, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so the game itself, as we've mentioned, is a traditional side-scroller, um, and obviously the objective is to make it to one side of the screen to the other. You know, uh, split up into worlds, as we mentioned. Uh, this was one of the first games where you could complete previous levels that you'd already completed without having to go through some backwards, you know, cord to do it. I think Mario World was the first one to do it, but definitely you could do it in this one. It was starting to become more and more of a commonplace thing. Because they put so many things hidden in the level, you couldn't get it at the first time. You know, yeah. I guess. Um, like those, um, the DK medallion or whatever it was. Yeah. The gold coin that you had to collect. The uh, it was the wood. It was the wood. Yeah, yeah, Kong. Yeah. Um, as with most games like this, if you touch an enemy, you die. Which I've always laughed at. You know, I can walk. I can walk up to you. I have to jump on you six times before you die. But you just walk up to me and go, beep, and I'm dead. Yeah, yeah. But with this game, you had Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong. Basically, your party had to be reduced to zero before you died. So, so so basically. Donkey Kong or Diddy Kong served as Life 1 and the other one served as Life, life two. 2 and then after you lost Life 2 get, you know you start again uh, it was one of the first games to offer continues without having to collect continues uh, I can't recall if they're unlimited or if it's like Contra where you get like 3 I think I think it's I think it's 2 no actually no. The, I think it's unlimited but you always start back at the beginning of the world that you were on when you die up up down down left right left right B A start yeah. right so, so <laughs> trying that for every game when I was a kid <laughs> so if you have if you have it through world 3 you don't have to start at world 1 you start at the beginning of world 3 again but you have to do all the levels that you did in the meantime you know um, but in the meantime I tried to actually put that code in for Street Fighter so many times I could never get it right but it, apparently it is in the Street Fighter game. It's in a bunch of them, apparently. Yeah, uh, that's that actually started... Um, I'm trying to remember what game it was. It was a side-by-side uh, -side airplane game. Yeah, kind of like an R-type type deal. I can't remember the exact name of it, but... Um, it wasn't Contra, it was... Uh, you remember, I think it was G-Force, or... Anyways. It was just a, such a difficult game. It, the developer yeah. had to put the code in just to get through the level. And then he left it in on accident. Someone else figured it out, and then it kind of became like this phenomenon that spread through the gaming world. And I've heard there's even modern-day games where you can enter that. And stuff will happen. Hmm. Like, um, I can't remember which one. I was reading an article about this the other day. Watch, I'll put it in Skyrim later. Right. <laughs> but there was one, um, I think it was a Super NES game where you do that code, and it's like, haha, there's nothing here. That doesn't do anything. You suck. <laughs> Just Easter eggs and stuff like that. <laughs> Cheetah. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. One thing I loved about Donkey Kong <clears throat> was the. Uh, was the mods, right? There were, th there were only three mods, and they were exactly the same on paper, right? You had the you know traditional one-player, where you control Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong. Then there was the two-player mod, where if you had friends, which I didn't... Uh, <laughs> no. If, if, <laughs> was it like co-op? I can't remember if it was co-op There was a co-op or... and a versus mod. Oh, so cool. 
uh, in one version of the game you control Donkey Kong and your buddy control Diddy Kong and then in the versus mode you both controlled a team a Donkey Kong and a Diddy Kong and you went through it and they were distinguished by a yellow tie and a yellow hat nice because you know that's re- that's one thing I always love the realistic ga- games like that you go in there and you are um, you go to Guile and then you look over and your opponent is Guile yeah it's like that Spider-Man meme was like, it's you. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I actually got um, kicked out of a costume party one time for wearing um, a Donkey Kong Halloween costume. That's only a tie, though. Yeah, <laughs> they found it very inappropriate. <laughs> just a tie, no pants, no shirt, no shoes, nothing. You know, people are just so sensitive these days. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, man. Um, you had four mounts in this game. I love the Rhino. Rambi, oh, yeah. Rambi the right that, he was like the old, especially when he acted, he acted like a dog he's indestructible <laughs> man that dude would just run everything over on guard the swordfish yeah yeah, on guard. He's, yeah he was uh, uh, touche yeah that's the pussycat Winky the frog mm. and Expresso the ostrich I guess I because he could him. run fast you only had him like two or three different levels he could like glide for a little bit Expresso like cause, cause white you, girls that don't know about coffee? Yeah, pretty much. Can I have an espresso? <laughs> my, my, my wife, she's... Well, I'm not going to reveal her age. On, beep, 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 beep. But she's, she's a grown woman, and I still have... And a Java head, and I still have to correct her. I think it's an impediment, though. I don't I, think it's... I, I, ne- I never correct her on any coffee, because I will end up with cold coffee poured over my head at some point. You know, you can tell her this, though. You know why they call it a latte? Huh. Because you spend a lot of money on coffee. Because it costs a lot, and it, <laughs> it costs a latte, and it takes a latte time to make. God, I, I'm never going to understand this coffee phenomenon. Coffee, oh. coffee just tastes like burnt water anyway. I, I, well, it's because you're a Brit, and you guys have badass tea, so you don't yes, need our coffee. Do. You don't need our stinking Folgers and Taster's Choice and See, you community should, coffee. You, you should throw. You should hold your Maxwell House in the hub, but not our tea. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I bet the Boston Harbor tasted good, though. Oh, it did. Ooh, like British tears and tea. <sighs> you know what? Though, if that would be, if the, the thing is, I'm you know, for those who don't know, I'm Irish, and I'm oh, part Irish, and um, he looks Irish, <laughs> except the red hair. Don't have red hair. But um, my family's from Ireland. I just picture the Irish tea party because the Irish folk, if somebody had thrown a whole bunch of tea in the harbor. They would have found a whole bunch of cows and thrown them in there, and a whole bunch of sugar thrown in there too, as if say, "Now what, Englishman?" You know, <laughs> dump some milk in there and grab a straw, man. Yeah, uh, throw some Guinness in there afterwards. Um, <laughs> so, so as with most games like this, there was a currency, and in this case, it was the banana, the uh, B A N A N A S. Apparently, that's how you spell it. Can't Uh <laughs> But like Mario Kart and Sonic Rings, you get a hundred of these bad boys, and you get an extra man. Uh, it kind of copied the dragon coins out of Super Mario World where you had to collect Kong letters. Yeah. So you had to get K-O-N-G and then you get an extra life out of it. Fun fact, um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, which debuted a couple years later, borrowed that from them too. With the, uh, really? Yeah, um, on the original series, like you would... Like the newer ones, it's mostly free roam. Like you'll bump yeah. into a guy and be like, hey man, can you do this on this? Yeah. But before it was like, all right, collect the secret tape, collect the word skate. 
uh, do yeah. a 10,000 point combo, blah, 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 blah. So there would be these letters just strewn about everywhere that you'd have to find it. So you started seeing that in other games. That was, that was, a, that was a pretty cool well, idea. Well, what's funny about Tony Hawk's is I never actually got the Tony Hawk skater, but I got like, you know, Jimmy skating challenge or something like that. Yeah. Really good game. But like, you know, I was, for some reason I got the knockoff of it. Um, with video games, you don't have to buy the cheap option because all video games start out at the same price. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you don't have to get the generic. I guarantee you, people are going to buy FIFA 19 over uh, Bradley's Football Challenge this year. Yeah, it's yeah. not a. It's not a GameStop's presents car stealing violence game yeah. number six. Exactly. I mean, you know, there's no such thing as a generic generic video game. Well, what I mean is, you know, I don't know, I, I, the Bible Adventures. Yeah, Hello, that's true. It was <laughs> basically Mario repackaged for Jesus. Well, I mean, literally. If you ever see this, a copy of this Bible Adventures, or you can actually look it up on YouTube. But there's a review by the Angry Video Game Nerd. Really, absolutely hilarious. Oh, I'm gonna have to watch that now. Oh, dude, and it's just so funny because he's like, he's like doing this thing with Baby Moses, and he's like, he's like, man, Baby Moses just flew like a condor into. River, like, oh, is, <laughs> oh god, no, <laughs> it's like, dude, blasphemy, <laughs> blasphemous, blasphemous. You know, one of the you know, one of the things I loved about this game was, um, it was a, it, like it took Animal Mario 2 out of it, too, where you could chunk stuff at people, yeah. And I love the fact that you can chunk stuff at people, pull the stuff up, like, pull the yeah, thing out so of the ground pick, and just pick out a barrel and chunk it. Which is kind of an allusion to the original yeah. Mario, Donkey Kong, where Donkey Kong was the villain. Yes. Yeah. Actually, was he the villain, though? I, I, You know, I would say that's a matter of perspective, man. Because from my reading of it, he didn't kidnap the girl, the girl went willingly. So if that's the case, Mario is an obsessed stalker who's trying to get in Donkey Kong. Reverse, yeah, it's like a reverse kidnapping. Well, think about it, yeah. You know, um, how many times has Princess Peach been kidnapped? Yeah, what if what if uh, Don, like she just wants to be with him and Mario can't take a yeah? Are we like aiding a psychopath here? Mm. <laughs> we're getting we're getting ex- existential here today, stalker man. the video game featuring stereotypical Italian plumber. Uh, <laughs> hey, why won't you go out with me? Uh, Mario, you smell like lasagna and you're mean. <laughs> oh goodness me. Uh, <laughs> But the barrels are not just weapons, although you could use all barrels as weapons. Uh, sometimes you had cannons, yeah, which I hated oh. that first level. I love those, man. Those you, t- awesome. you, you missed time one, and it missed times the whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a system. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, ah. it's, it's very, very frustrating as a 12-year-old, you know? Oh, sure. <laughs> I imagine, yeah. Um, the Donkey Kong barrels that have got the, uh, the your partner in them, I love those. Because what was always funny is watching you get like you jump into an enemy, but you miss time the jump very, very briefly, and you lose the the man. So you've got the little dude left, and you're right next to a thing. So you pick up the barrel, you throw it at the dude, and then your partner pops back out. It's kind of like that thing in Skyrim when they start talking smack, and then you, you kill them as they talk in smack. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and then just you know stupid things like a stop and go barrel, which make things stop and go. I've got way too many notes on these stop and going on and off barrels in here. Like, I have wow. a page, and all they do is turn the lights on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so let's go to the uh, let's go to the people involved in the T- game. TLDNR. There are a lot of barrels in this game. That's right. You skip forward to... No. <laughs> so, uh, you have Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong is the heavyweight of the two. This, this, uh, this game also started bringing in, you know, realistic physics 
And what I mean by that is, you know, taller, bigger characters were moving slower but had more power, and smaller characters were more agile and athletic. At Faster, the, yeah. more acceleration. Yeah, and that's, and that's realistic, because, like, how many dudes other than, like, Rob Gronkowski or LeBron James do you see that are both massive and fast. I mean, that's pretty rare. Yeah. So that's that that even though these these are video games, right? And these are for the sake of argument, sort of heroic yeah. type of characters that normally would possess somewhat quote unquote supernatural powers. However, the suspension of disbelief only stretches so far. So anytime you can add that pertinent realism to a game, it's just going to make it better. Yeah, that's the thing. You had a, you had a drop of realism in a uh, in a bucket of fantasy, and people will, will remember it. That's why a lot of people thought that Lord of the Rings, when it first came out, was like legitimate history, because it was rooted in so much. I don't say reality, but so but it could be realistic. You yeah, know. it's folklore blended with Myth- mythology. Uh, yeah, and a little bit of yeah realism because it's it's. Once again, it's that it's like magic. Yeah, the suspension of disbelief can be perfectly described through magic. Like, okay, we know David Blaine didn't make the whole car disappear or whatever, but he made it look like he did. Yeah. So we can we know that things just don't disappear and appear out of thin air. It's like however you can appreciate it for what it is because, yeah, dude, this guy just you know, I mean, I've seen him do some stuff that and I. That's just unexplainable. So I mean, but the whole point being having that having that realism never hurts. No, in fact, you never. know, the, it, they it, they do that in sci-fi shows a lot too. It's like you know, predating uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's you know, um, like in Star Trek, it's like um, you know, you can't you, the, the the concept of a teleportation device is with with current understanding of physics impossible. Because you can't take molecules apart and then put them back together in the same order. Yeah, and not, not just that yeah. molecules are not static; they're, um, they're, they're dynamic. Moving. Yeah, yeah. So how and that was discovered by the uh, physicist Heisenberg, not the uh, dude from Breaking Bad, but the physicist who he's named after. And like in, in episode two of Star Trek, they just casually dropped in. Yeah, we can transport down. We got the Heisenberg compensator that'll help us. Don't worry about it. And then you forget it because, like, it's it's the equivalent of you know Poochie died on his way back to his home planet. Yeah, it, it, it's ingrained in your head that they've already mentioned why they can't do it, and right. they've done it in a way that um, isn't long explanation. It's just you know, I mean, back in the back in the early eighties. Oh, we we figured it out. We fixed it. Yeah, now, but, it's, you know, now it's fine. No, yeah. no problem. And they named it after somebody in reality. Right. So you know. So yeah, that's that's how it worked. Um, the Picard maneuver. I tried the Picard maneuver on my wife. She didn't like it very much. <laughs> so then I tried the Riker maneuver on her sister, her cousin, who. Uh... <laughs> yeah, always make sure you bring a mop after Riker uses a holodeck. <laughs> always. Wesley Crusher learned that the hard way. Mr. Data to the holodeck. Bring a sponge. I am sensing large amounts of protein. <laughs> This is unique ectoplasm. Data later. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness me. I am fully functional. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Fully. Um, fully functional. Yes. So, um, so Donkey Kong. <laughs> this, is, this, is the, this is the ADD edition of... Uh, well, I, I, I guess main... All right, let's put, let's put the research down for just a minute, all right? And let's get to the opinion part. And I think that's the main part, because it, it's kind of a complex game in looking into it, you know, and, and unlike the Mario series, unlike the Sonic... Well, even the Sonic series, it doesn't have iconic enemies, you know? If I was to say what a naughty was, somebody would look at me going, huh? 
Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like Dr. Dr. Robotnik with the yeah. wrecking ball. Yeah, the Goombas or, or the, you know, so Bowser, whatever. Um, the difficulty of this game is simple, right? The early levels are really pants poopingly easy. And once you get to, like, World 3, level 14 overall, the difficulty scale kind of goes up exponentially. Uh, uh, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, by then you should be pretty familiar with the controls. And, and plus, if it, you know, you want it to be challenging. Why play a game if it's not challenging? True. And, it's uh, pointless. And, the, the, like, the, the, like... Because like those first fourteen levels, it goes up kind of like in a regular gradient. Then all of a sudden, it's like it's like a swimming pool, you know, where you've got the deep end that's like twenty foot and the shallow end that's three foot. But it doesn't. Gra- it's not a gradient. It's like three foot, three foot, five foot, five foot, ten foot. Yeah, like drop the, off. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that that brought out a, a good sense of balance and it, it told how good, you know, people were playing the game. Now I've wanted, I've completed the game a couple of times at like sixty five percent. I could never get a hundred percent on it. And you know it was, it's, it 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 was good at what it was, but it just at some places it was just chock full of enemies, and the gaps were big enough as to where you had to time it just right. Yeah. And but it wasn't like at the last few levels like that. It was like you know sixteen, seventeen levels in, and you've still got twenty five to go. You know, so it it it, it cranked the difficulty way up after a certain point. You know, I think that's. I mean, that's fair though. I mean, um, it's. It didn't have a difficulty setting either. So, yeah, there better be a pretty good learning, like a decent like learning curve in the beginning, like time for you to acclimate. figure it out. And then after, I like, think fifteen levels is pretty generous. Fourteen, yeah. fifteen levels. I mean, it just it just felt like it just cranked up, you know, and 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 that was that was good for it though, because again, as we mentioned in the video game series last, last a couple of months ago, the guys playing that game, I mentioned I was twelve, thirteen when I started playing it, but those kids who played Mario, those kids who played Sonic or whatever, they wanted something that was a little bit more difficult and challenging because those kids were older and more intelligent. Yeah, and that, and not only that, but um, Donkey Kong Country was pretty pretty family friendly and like Mario and it was fat it was slower than Sonic but way faster than Mario you had a lot more going on yeah it was yeah and plus you actually had um um fully rendered backgrounds yep. the, the backgrounds were a little more fluid had a little more depth to them so yeah it definitely definitely looked like a whole different thing the first time I fired it up but truth be told I have not played this game as much as I have some others it's 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 a good game. It's not bad. I just haven't really De- delved into it that much. Yeah, um, I, Earthworm Jim came around, came yeah. out right around the same time, and I just loved how wacky that was. I was watching a lot of Ren and Stimpy, and you can't do that on television. Yeah, that just so Earthworm Jim. As we've talked about though, Earthworm Jim is very very similar to it. Yeah, I think it true. was one of the um, you know after effects of that so yeah. it's definitely overlooked a lot definitely I think it is I think it's taken for granted I think is a better probably better yeah that's true I mean, I mean maybe both but I mean that's that's what you can say about this though. I mean it's it's hard being number two when you're competing against number one who's like you know has got at this point has got spin-offs and movies well especially and, when number the number one is in your own backyard yeah so I think owned by your company. Yeah. I, I used to call this, and, and I joke about this, and um, we'll, 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 we'll wrap up with, with, with opinions here in a second. But um, I used to call something like the uh, Emily Osmond syndrome, 
right now for those of you who are listening as you know i have children i have young children i have my eldest of girls right so i want to clarify that to begin with um they used to watch a lot of disney channel and a lot of nickelodeon and stuff like that and they used to watch uh, hannah montana which starred Miley Cyrus. Mm-hmm. Emily Osmond syndrome is where your sidekick and our co-star is a better whatever than you are, but you were not saying that you were bad, but is better than who you were. But you're being overshadowed, and your talent will, ne- your talent or whatever will never get seen, and you will always be compared to the other one. Right. So Emily Osmond was the uh, was Hannah Montana's sidekick. I don't can't remember the character's name, but uh, she is. A far better singer than Molly Cyrus and a far better actress than Molly Cyrus. But she'll never get her due because she'll always be seen as Hannah Montana's Stand, sidekick. Standing in the shadow of her. Right. Yeah. So Donkey Kong is an early example of that. Yeah. Because Mario... Look, I love the Mario series on Super Nintendo. I really did. But this game was better than anything Mario did on the Super Nintendo. Now... Mario kind of clawed it all back when it came to the 64 and so on and so forth yeah but it, for, for one shining moment for one you know for one thing Nintendo's second biggest creation was its best and if it had been out five years earlier we'd probably be talking about Donkey Kong the way we're talking about Mario yeah maybe you know that's true that's true I mean Mario was 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 you know the, the OG yeah so as we said at the beginning, the critics said it was eight and a half out of ten. I'm saying it's a nine out of ten. What do you say? Um, with limited exposure to it, um, you know, I thought it played pretty good. It's pretty smooth. It's had some unique features. I get like an eight point five. I'm gonna go with the original original rating right around there. I think it's, it's not not the best game ever, but it's there's certainly games that are that play worse and that are worse. So, yeah. and this this game led off to a renewed interest in Donkey Kong. You know, uh, the franchise exploded after this. We had uh, sequels and spin-offs, kind of like Mario. Yeah. Not as many, though. And actually, Donkey Kong now features in the Mario crossover game. So, like, yeah. um, uh, Smash Brothers, Mario Party, any of the... Mario hundred- Kart, all the Mario yeah. Karts, yeah. You so, got Diddy Kong or DK, I yeah. them in there. And even Funky Kong. Never go Funky Kong on Super Mario Kart Wii, because you would make your son cry. Um, as I have found out in the 65 times he's challenged me and only beaten me three times oh yeah I, I, I destroy my son on a regular basis at Mario Kart why just, won't you let him win he's only 11 years old how's he gonna learn to be better nope yeah exactly you don't get a participation trophy instead you get your dad yelling over you yeah um, <laughs> cause you know I'm a, I'm a gracious winner um, yeah right okay so that's pretty much it for Donkey Kong and trip down memory lane of other things we've got a few more things to come and we will be right back so we're almost done for this week guys uh, we got a couple more things before we wrap up last week I asked which game series had the better games was it Super Mario series or was it the Donkey Kong series on the SNES and the poll results are in it is a 64 to 36 split in favor of Donkey Kong. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. You say that's a landslide or? Uh, it's yeah. surprising. I mean, you know. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's very surprising. Yeah, Mario has just been such a dominant force for such a long time. That's very, very shocking. Yeah. So thank you to everybody who voted. Uh, we have more questions on the way. Like, for example, we are redoing the social media question from episode one because we are actually going to have time to do what we're going to do. And it's very, very simple. Nirvana, did they peak at Nevermind? 
what I mean by that is was that the would that have been the height of their thing had Kurt not committed suicide or been murdered by Dave Grohl on Courtney Love's orders um allegedly allegedly no that didn't happen no um but yeah so if Nirvana had carried on with Dave was Nevermind always going to be their peak no Okay, I'd like in, you, in my opinion, no. And I'll hear your reason why next week. Uh, oh, okay. Because well, I'll have a good one for it. Because next week we are going to be talking about Nevermind by Nirvana. So uh, we are back into the music. We've done a movie. We've done a video game. We're back to music right now. And so, like I said, I want your opinions on Nirvana. I think that Nirvana are a great band. We're a great band. And on the one hand if they'd have carried on I'd, it would have been good and bad for the music industry as a whole because we wouldn't have the Foo Fighters mm. and the Foo Fighters possibly, are brilliant the Foo Fighters are brilliant I can't see Dave Grohl leaving Nirvana yeah he seems like the type of guy that could do both though because he did he did them Crooked Vultures and Queens of the Stone Age Queens of the Stone Age and Foo Fighters all at the same time so yeah, I don't know maybe he could have made it work yeah. plus I heard that Kurt was really really into the early Foo stuff that he showed him yeah like Kurt hugged him and was like, "Oh my God, this is amazing! This is amazing!" So maybe he would, maybe could have. But hey, se- se- secondary question. His secondary question: Would the Foo Fighters have existed without Nirvana, with Kurt Cobain on guitar? To kind of switch the band dynamic about a little bit, you know. Like if Kurt Cobain was the guitar player instead of yeah, Chris Shifflett or Pat Smear. Yeah, kind of, kind of like um. I don't think that would have happened. Was, was it Plus Forty Four or Matchbox Racer or something like that for Blink One? Boxcar yeah. Racer. Boxcar Racer. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of it was the same people, but it was a kind of different lineup, and so they gave it a different name or something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, on one hand, like maybe, but I think I knew Kurt was increasingly irritated with Nirvana before the, a couple years before his death because he didn't really care for the name and all this other crap. But he was planning on going solo. Who, who knows, man? Who knows? Well, we'll get more into that next week. Like I said, we're going to be talking about Nevermind Bonavona, their signature album. And that's pretty much it. Guys, if you're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, look us up because maybe followed. Uh, we're going to have a new blog in the next couple of days. I should have news on our, like, you know... Um, stuff that I was playing at the beginning of the beginning of the season like you know uh, potential t-shirts and stickers and stuff like that but for now we are going to jump on and we're going to call it good Greg it's good to see you man we will see you next week and I will see all of you next week have yeah, a good one yeah You kids today, you don't have any respect for your elders. We used to be lucky if we got three shades of grey, let alone any real colours. We never had any of this fancy 3D stuff, oh no. We had to survive on what we had. And what little we did have, we were happy with. That's right, four shades of grey in a 2 by 2 character block, and that's all we had. A single joystick and a single button was all we needed to make a good gameplay. 